Hello and welcome to Messy Christianity. Welcome back. Welcome back. That's right. It's been a little bit of a hiatus. Yes. I guess the last one we recorded was technically the recording was before last summer. Was uh, oh, before? definitely before that. It was pre-COVID. COVID yeah. hit March. Last summer, I was meaning the summer it. before last. Okay. Yeah, I think we did a few. Oh, a year ago, back, a handful. Did we? Not, I think. I think we did some in the fall. Uh, not, not a lot. But. Well, we figure we'll start kind of easy. You know, take a take a gentle, um, a gentle approach. So yeah. today's topic is Trump, Biden, and Jesus. Yeah, that sounds easy. Easy enough, right? right? Yeah. <clears throat> well, since we're relaunching though this this week, um, and just so people know, we usually record a few at a time, and then uh, we try to stack them up just because life gets busy and doing it every single week is hard. But we figure since we're starting this week um, and the election's coming up in just another week or two, um, we'd, we'd go ahead and jump right in. And so this is the topic, Trump, Biden, and Jesus. And here's a question I really want to ask. What does a Christian do? I mean, we've got a political mess going on, and I don't know a lot of people that are super thrilled about any of the candidates, but we live in a country where this is our system, this is what we do. Um, so let's jump in. What do, what do, where do we start on this? Well, I... For me, it dates back to my first election that I was able to vote in, and that was uh, JFK. Back, <laughs> not quite that, not quite that long ago. I don't remember what year that, ago. Was that Clinton? I guess it was '92. Was it Bush one? It was a. Uh, it was Bush. Bush Clinton. Bush Clinton. Yeah. And that was mine too. Yeah. I guess we all know how old we are. Yeah. And I actually remember this conversation coming out then. Uh, you know, what's the difference between? political parties and who we vote for and what is the Christian perspective on that. And I really think it's something that we wrestle with or should wrestle with as Christ followers a minimum of every four years. It, it is something that's paramount for the direction of the country and for the Christ follower. And, you know, it's, it's, a lot of these are, are not easy answers because Christians can honestly— <clears throat> in a biblical perspective, look at both candidates or both parties, and even you look at the write-ins, the tons of write-ins or the tons of others that are on the ballot, and, you know, none of them are prophets from the Lord. None whoa, of them whoa, whoa. Are, God's are you forgetting anointed. Kanye? None of them <laughs> uh, come on. are... Come on. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's a, it's a sticky, messy, muddled mess. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and we have to remember, too, this is not a new uh, struggle for believers. Uh, Augustine was struggling with what to do with the government and the, the church. You know, he, he was the just war theory, right? And um, he was really wrestling. Should a, should a believer—not he, what he, he was addressing what was going on in the time. Um, if I remember my church history correctly, he was addressing, should a believer serve in the military? You know, what what is the role of government? And I think every church father has in some way addressed— this issue because it's always a question, and I think that that to me the or the, the the rub is we live in a a temporary earthly setting, but we have our residency excuse me our citizenship so our residency is here but our citizenship mm -hmm. is eternal right we belong right. to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and so that is a different kingdom. When Jesus said, when you pray, my kingdom come, mm -hmm. your, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done, he was talking about another kingdom, but he was also saying, look, you help me bring the kingdom into this earth here, mm -hmm. right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Sure. So so how do we do that, though, if we have a system of politics that I, I would say it would be hard to argue that there's not just massive corruption going on there? How, how, do, we, how do we work within that system? 
Because the question is, do we just do the best, the worst, uh, lesser of two evils? Do we write somebody in hoping that, you know, write Jesus in the ballot box? Or, you know, these are real things. Yeah. Well, I mean, true, we are in the kingdom of heaven, but, you know, we're, we live in the, the kingdom of the United States as well. I mean, it's, it's not the kingdom. Of, I mean, I think that ultimately we, we, we are um, not required, but I think we're responsible to, I, I guess I should say like this, I think there's an opinion that's out there like, that. and I'm not saying any of us hold this opinion, but I have heard it before, like, um, hey, I'm just, I'm a child of the king, and he's my king of kings, and I'm a child of the kingdom, so really whatever happens in this country, it's not, and I don't think that's a, a good view, you know what I mean? I think we, we, we are responsible to, to vote and to, um, you know, to be active in our, in our government and our systems, and um, I think that's responsible, and, and not just on a national level, but even all the way down to local, and um, I mean, I think there's a responsibility there. But yeah. it's still muddy waters. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I I hear what you're saying. So, <laughs> do we write one in? Do we, you know? Well, let's also be honest that this very topic within the church walls is divisive. In just about any given church, you have people on different sides of the political spectrum that believe differently, and that feeds into their lens of interpretation of the scripture. And I think it's something that we have to guard ourselves. Do we view the Scripture through a political lens, or do we view politics through a scriptural lens? And I know it's it's easy to say, well, obviously we view politics through a scriptural lens, but until we do some self-reflecting, I don't think we can just arbitrarily say, because I'm a Christ follower and I go to church on Wednesdays, that I'm already viewing politics from this God-centric position. And as Christ followers, every aspect of life we are called to view through a God-centric, God-centered lens, and this is no different. So that that hopefully affects the way that we approach and think through this. Going back to my history of elect of of politics and voting in major elections for the United States since '92, however many that's been, I've been everywhere on every side of this. <laughs> I have been on the. I'm not voting for anybody. I'm writing somebody in. I'm not voting at all because I don't like none of them, and none of them are Christ followers. I'm picking the less of the two evils because they're both evil, evil. and neither one of them's right. I have and and from election to election to and then you know some elections like there's no doubt that this is God's anointed. He's the right person, and 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 all of our strength and energy needs to go behind that person. And it's it's been a struggle for me all these years. For me today. And I, I don't remember who it was. It may have been you, Kevin. But someone mentioned a month or two back uh, something to the nature of when you view the individuals and you, you really don't have a great choice either way, which one represents the closest mm-hmm. to our Christ-centered view? Which one or which group or which people in office would do the closest to upholding what we value as Christians. And that's a hard pill to swallow and and say, well, I'm going to vote for someone that I think is going to do the better job of holding up Christ, but still not to the standard that I would uphold to. But it's also, you know, politics is, it's a messy, messy game, as you were saying earlier, Jeff. It's, it's, 
difficult. I think what I'd said was, yeah, and you said it there, but um, when we struggle with the person, which in today's world, I don't think there'll ever be a candidate ever again in the history of this world that's not going to have so much mud on them. I mean, that's just the world we live in. There's mudslinging no matter what from now on. So if you have a trouble with the candidate, what I think I said was um, look at the worldview. Look at what uh, worldview is represented by the candidate. So that that's kind of where I was. Because, um, you know, yeah, once again, it, good grief. Every, every candidate, every candidate, it, even local elections now, it is like, I, I, you know, I don't, I, I'm, I'd be scared to death to run for election. <laughs> I know you'd have to I mean, be a fool. <laughs> I mean, who knows what's going to come up from my past? You yeah. know, like, I didn't, I didn't mean to say that in the fifth grade. You know, <laughs> who knows? Oh, there are know? so many jokes in my head right now yeah. that I will just not. So, what uh, Romans thirteen? This is uh, the passage, I guess, that we see a whole lot. It says, "Let everyone be subject to governing authorities. There is no, no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that have exist have been established by God." Consequently, whoever rebels against authorities rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers have no terror for those who do right, but those who do wrong. Do you not? Uh, do you want to be free from the fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will, not, you will be commended. So, and then verse four: For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment to the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. And so, excuse me, for the longest time, that's been used, and and rightly so, I think, um, as a a starter or a, a diving board into politics or into the relationship between politics and the believer. But I think that we have to really be careful that we don't use that as a command to be political mm-hmm. because it's really not talking about being political. It's talking about being submissive to authorities, recognizing mm-hmm. that all authority you know, ha- has been established or at least allowed, um, I guess, depending on where you right. fall on the side of um, some theological persuasions, you'd, you'd use different words. But at the end of the day, God is in control. Yeah. Um, and, you know, hi- bi- biblically and historically, he is— put rulers in place to judge a people and he's also put rulers into place to bless a people mm-hmm. and they're all human rulers you know back in 08 12 obama was elected there was a large group of people that say i didn't vote for that guy and and really went into a period of i would almost say pouting about it yeah you know um wait wait were they with the oh wait sorry I won't well and in, and in this last election <laughs> Isn't it and we, it's still going on you know just the other, other not color. even not even yeah. calling like he's not my president won't even blue. call him my name he, you know he's 45 like so either one it doesn't even matter which side of the aisle you're on in this thing both of those would be to me breaking that authority thing so can we sit under a presidency or, or a local election or whatever for somebody we completely totally disagree with well yeah i mean and and that may be a call to prayer you know, um, we can sit under <laughs> a kingdom of a bad leader um, submissively, but still be doing what we're called to do in the kingdom of God. Be that prayer, be that uh, preparing for the next election, be that, you know, doing stuff on a local level. Do what you can do. Um, you see what I'm saying? Train your children. Do We can still be under that authority. So um, I guess going into this next one, you know, it's two two weeks away, three weeks away. Um, whatever happens, 
whatever happens, that's the, that's who it is, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Whether it's decided on that day or not, I don't know, but but that whoever is next, that's who it is. And you bring it back to mind, and you look at the Old Testament and the history of Israel when it comes to kings, good kings, bad kings. Mm-hmm. But we don't even limit it to that. When you look at history, the history of the world, and you look at good rulers and bad rulers who history has classified that way, uh, who the Bible, Old Testament, classified that way, you look at some of the good kings of Israel, Solomon, considered a great, wonderful king, good, godly king, wisest man that ever lived, failed miserably in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Hezekiah. That's because he had too many wives, just so you'll know. Hezekiah, great king, failed miserably on a couple of counts, but still considered good in the eyes of God. And you look back at our country, who we've considered to be good presidents and good leaders, (laughs) they've had... You, you can't name anybody that you yeah. can't dig up something on and right. say they did something wrong and other people disagreed with them. Even the greatest list leaders in our nation's history right. had people that were fighting against them verbally from the very beginning. So this is not new. Part of it is, and I think we all recognize this now, is because of technology. We have every person in any political system can, in a moment, spread any information they want, positive or negative, around the world in a heartbeat. That's that's true. (laughs) But have no fear. Facebook will go through and tell you what's true and not. (laughs) And and so, you know, 50 50 years ago, it wouldn't have been this issue. And then 100 years ago, this was unheard of. Mm -hmm. And so here we are where every political person is in the spotlight, but it's not, you know— we look at this as this is an election issue. This really is a people issue. And Jeff talked about this a little bit in the sermon yesterday, is that everybody is under the microscope. Every single person that we look up to, that we admire, that we follow, that we tweet, that we listen to, is under some type of magnifying glass. And any mistake or anything that they do that disagree, that I disagree with is suddenly in the limelight. And everything they do great we praise and we celebrate and we almost really worship it. And that's what we have here in the political system. I think this is just part of culture, uh, even in the Christian culture, things that that have, have crept into Christianity that don't need to belong there that is now outpouring into the Christians as well as into the culture. And we're seeing that evident, uh, made evident in the election, just as one example. So I, I view... And I think I've come to this view over a period of time, but here, here's where I've been a little for a while. My view of politics and the relationship to me as a believer and the ruling governments and voting and things like that is that I see the, the people of God, the church, Christians, the body of Christ, right, as a parent of two children. So you have two kids, right, and the kids are squabbling over something. A parent can't just take a side. He can't go down and say, <clears throat> excuse me. He can't go down and say, okay, this is my favorite child, so I'm gonna I'm gonna root for him. No, the parents rooting for both sides, but really what the parent parent is rooting for is let's. I'm the parent. I'm supposed to do right. I'm supposed to seek truth, and I'm supposed to expose what's not right, because overall, you know, these two kids squabbling, they're they're both not seeing what the other is saying, and so my my job as a parent is to be neutral but also point out things that are good, point out things that are not good. I think that's the church's role 
in our culture. As the people of God, we're supposed to say, this candidate says some good stuff. This party says some good stuff. And the truth is, we have demonized one party or the other. In the evangelical circle, by and large, we've demonized everybody who's a Democrat. If you're a Democrat, you are Satan, the spawn of Satan, because you believe in these things. Well, that may or may not be true that, that they believe in those things, but there are some good things that they uphold as, you know, it's worthy of, of listening to. You know, the Republicans have been considered, by and large, the Republicans, I mean, the uh, evangelical side, right? But there are a lot of things about the Republican Party that are not good. You know, there's a lot of that that is that, that we need to call out. And so the problem becomes is when we hitch our horse to a certain wagon, we lose the ability to, to, to lead anybody that is not part of our persuasion. We've just made an enemy. That's why you'll not ever see me with a Trump sign or a Biden sign or any sign yeah. in my yard. I have opinions, but I can't, yeah. I can't pick a side. Yeah. I have to pick truth. That's but but even then, that's hard to. I think we have to be very careful with um, with all of it because uh, the word pandering comes to mind. That um, both parties pander to groupings of people for their vote, and yeah. so they'll say exactly the right things in order to get that vote. Whether that be a race, whether that be evangelicals, whether that be uh, homosexuals, whether whatever it may be, hey, we're going to say these things. To women, you know, and in the hopes of getting that, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily true, but it's pandering. So for me, it's finding out, okay, what, what is said to me is irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cause it, what is said now, especially is sound bites that are clipped <laughs> negative or positive. It, it, it doesn't even matter to me. It's go back and look and let's look at the record. So, so someone wants to know, Hey, how do I research a candidate? Turn off the listening sound bites because that those things are tweeted out and Facebooked out all over the place. And I don't think Joe Biden is a pedophile. Okay, like that that's one that's been popular here lately. You know, so he, he's sniffing kids' heads and all this stuff. Well, <laughs> have you seen that? No, I mean I know that sounds stupid, but that's that's out there. The right? fact that we would even have to make that, that statement. <laughs> but there are large groups of people. Yeah. And look, I, I don't believe that to be true. But my opinion of Biden, my opinion of Trump should be based upon what have they voted for? What have they actually, actually done? done? Yeah. You know, and both of them have records. So what have they actually done? That's that's where the research is. Vast majority Christians, vast majority of people, vast majority of social groups, racial groups, they don't vote like that. They vote upon, well, this is the guy that's for the black people. This is the guy that's for the homosexuals. This is the guy that's for uh, the, the Teamsters. This is the guy that's, and that's how they vote. You know, yeah. so that's that's a problem. I think that in, in evangelicals, we also fall into that group. You know, it's even more complicated than that. And I totally agree with what you're saying there. But even looking at a vote, you have to look at more than just a single snapshot well, yeah. of history because politics is a, is, is a game. There's just no way around it. Right. And so there are some times that a person will vote for something reluctantly, begrudgingly, but they have to because yeah. they see a bigger pro or a bigger yeah. picture of something else. Right. You know, they might be basically leveraging that vote for something that's more important. Yeah. Like, well, I give a certain group uh, some money right. that I don't think they should deserve if that means I can uh, save babies or, you know, whatever. Right, right. Um, so speaking of which, we're essentially uh, issue-driven voters, 
or we are despised-driven voters. So in other words, we're either voting for something because we, we there are certain issues that are core to us that our particular candidate, whoever it might be, agree uh, w- will forward that um, progress in the things that, we're, mm-hmm. that are important to us, or I hate the other candidate so much, I will right. vote for a rock, or, right. or I was going to say yeah. a dog yeah. poopy, but, yeah. but literally I'll vote for anything right. as long as that person doesn't get yeah. in. Um, right. That I'm not sure that's a healthy way to go. Well, I know it's not a healthy way to go. It's, it's, you know? Not a, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm voting. I'm not voting for. I'm voting against. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's not, it's definitely not healthy. And it's, hey, both are guilty. I mean, anti-Hillary, anti-Trump. I mean, it's, 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 it's there for both sides. So, well, anybody but, I guess they called it. The so. Anybody but, yeah. Should we even go down the trail of all the other third-party candidates? <clears throat> you know... I th- I think it I think there's some validity to it except for the fact that we are a two party system until we're not then it it really is a throwaway vote. I mean that's but it, 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 people don't want to hear that right because no. it's it's not a throwaway vote because it's my vote and you know and it does make a difference and, and it's in true. principle it is true yep. in principle in reality he ain't getting elected. So, so that's the she. question. Do you vote based on conscience, or do you vote based on the reality of somebody uh, in these two is going to get elected? <laughs> well, I vote for the one of the two, but I mean, but I, I understand that, and I don't condemn somebody for voting for a third but, party. But voting for the voting conscience also may say I'm not voting at all because of my conscience, which goes yeah. back to the earlier topic. Mm-hmm. Voting conscious doesn't necessarily mean I'm voting for a third-party candidate or I'm writing someone in. It may be mm-hmm. neither are worthy of my vote, therefore I'm not voting for either one of them. And what does that do to the system as well? You know, who cares about the system is kind of what the heartbeat is behind that. But at the end of the day, th- this is – our future and our children's future and our grandchildren's future and on and on and on up until Jesus returns. Right. This is a foundation that the next four years is built upon the next four years, which is built upon the next four years. And we, I think we have to think uh, a little bit different than just right here, right now. Yeah. And, and, you know, it is easy to go, Hey, we live in a country of, you know, 300 million, 400 million. I don't know how many people are here, but, What's one little vote? It's not a big deal. I'm not going to spend an hour. Okay, I'm not going to spend an hour waiting in line to vote because my vote's not that big a deal anyway, and I don't really like you on these candidates. Well, you know, if we go back, goodness, was it '04, whatever it was? We're we're in Florida here recording Dangling this, Chad, the hanging Chad yeah. thing. But that ultimately came down to the state of Florida, with about 300 votes made the difference in the entire presidential election. So, one vote really can't. If you think 300 people. That's our congregation. I mean, yeah. You, thank you. We we decided we changed we, the election. We changed the election right here, <laughs> and actually, it was Northwest Florida, so which is where we are. So, interestingly enough, your vote does count. You know, I I guess some people we each have to decide um, between us and God. Do we want to make? Do we want to vote based on a, making a statement? Or, or following our conscience, which would be that third-party mm-hmm. vote or an abst- abstention of voting um, or just a write-in. Because, you know, basically, I know that my vote will mean absolutely nothing to anybody else, but I've got to follow my conscience and I've got to be true to what I believe and feel. 
knowing that I will have no influence at all in the overall direction of the country. And, and that hmm. I, I, can't, I can't condemn that, honestly, simply because I, I would never want to go against a man's conscience. Hmm. However, if you're standing back looking and, and, and the country goes a, a certain way, then you really can't complain about that because you didn't have any part right. of that. So you, you made a statement, which totally fine. That's your right to do it. Right. But then you can't complain it's going one way or the other. You yeah. just got to recognize that, that that is the way it panned out. Right. Um, if, you make a st- if you do take a vote, then you have to be willing to say, um, you know, I'm just going to plug my nose and vote. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the last couple of, I think the last election, I'm, this election for sure, I'm just going to plug my nose and vote. There are things that I despise about the, hum, the, the people that are not despised. That's the wrong word. There are character traits that I just, I cannot reconcile mm-hmm. with being a decent human on both sides. Yeah. But what else do you do? This is why it's such a, a struggle, I think. And we've not addressed this aspect of it, but where does prayer come in? Where does prayer for our leaders? Are we, are as as individuals, as individual Christians, praying for our current president that God would fill him with His Spirit, with His revelation, with His truth, with with His wisdom, with His direction? That God would intercede and use the elected elected officials to move our country in the direction that God wants, and then praying, God, what do you want me to do in this election? How do you want me to vote? Because this really is a struggle. How much of this struggle internally are we as Christ followers taking to God himself, who really is the only one that can help us with this? And the real hard question is this, right? So we've seen from the the so-called left this nonstop barrage of um, not my president and rebel, mm-hmm. rebel, rebel, and the the right says, hey, he's our president. We, as a nation, put him in. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to know if if it swings the other way. If, if Biden is elected, will the right act like the left and the left now act like the right? I just, I know that's a... <laughs> You know, that's one of those questions we'll find out very soon. I don't know, and and you know, honestly, either way, like I would honestly answer that enough is enough. Like, yeah, it, it, this is your president currently, and yep. the next one is your president as well. And yep, being stupid on the streets is not the answer, no matter who's in control. I mean that that stuff is nonsense. And that may be taking a pretty strong stand here, but oh, you know, I agree. protesting is protesting. That's fine. That's not new. That's been done forever. Um, and there's a place for it as yeah. well. And it's a right. Yeah. It's a fundamental sure. it's right. One of the, one yep. of the five, I think. But, it, uh, but at the same time, you know, enough. You know, we, we can't have a unstructured system, an unlawful system, you know. So this, I think, is where Romans 13 comes back in. Whether Biden or Trump or Kanye is elected, just, you know, maybe. Just because, yeah. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> he will still be, whoever it is, right. the president of the United States of America. And to submit to authority doesn't mean that you don't criticize. Just criticism, as in a justly justified criticism, is, is right because it holds them accountable. That's part of who we are as a nation. But to rebel just to repel, rebel is actually violating Romans 13. 
I would say, like, yes, just to clarify for the listeners, though, it, if the king, our kingdom, United States of America kingdom, if it violates the kingdom of God, then rebelling is nothing. But right. standing up, right. taking a stand, and coming strong against is the answer. If it's not violating the kingdom of God, it's just a difference of opinion, then submit to authority. Is that? Yeah, you absolutely. Know, so. And submit to it, you know, that even then I think you'd have to parse those words because right. submit to it doesn't necessarily mean like it. It doesn't necessarily mean right. that you you are a proponent, but it, right. but it does mean to su- submit, recognizing so, it's the law of the land. Sanctity of life. I'm a big proponent of yeah. pro-life, sanctity of life. Um, the rule of the land, the law of the land for, for years has not been that, okay? Right. But... I don't, none of us, I don't think Brent, have you blown up an abortion clinic? I don't think Brent has, so I know we haven't, but Brent, no? No. Okay. Not so, even on Minecraft. No, <laughs> not even on <laughs> Minecraft. Wow, that was a shout out. So, yeah. So I think that would be, you know. That's a great example, actually. We can live under the system, yeah, but none still of us, be strongly opposed. And none of us would affirm or promote in any way mm-hmm. the taking of an unborn life. So right. that's, you know, that's good. That's good. Well, we're at our time. Wow. That was quick. Um, so just in case you're new to the podcast, we're not really looking to uh, necessarily solve anything with this. What we're really hoping to do is spur some thought, and we're hoping to uh, cause cause you and even us to come back to the gospel because we believe the gospel is the center of our life. We believe that the gospel, the good news of God's kingdom, um, should, should um, dictate and probably not dictate as, as much as inform every decision that we make, and that even includes politics. So, any last words? Hey, I like your shirt. Tuong Kuti Shirachi. Shiracha. Did I say that right? Shiracha? Shiracha. And the bottom says, Hui Fung Foods Incorporated. Where'd you get that? Yard sale? Target. <laughs> Target. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Hey, that's good. So, in case you're not in the studio, which you're not. <laughs> yeah. By the way, you're not By here. By the way, you're not here. You're welcome to. Yeah. Uh, Brent is wearing a Guardians of the Galaxy hat, along with a red Sirachi, Sriracha shirt he got from Target, uh, and a pair of jeans. Mm. Kevin, on the other hand, is wearing a pair of jeans, a pair of Vans, and a Batman shirt. Converse, but yeah. Oh, is it Converse? Yeah. yeah. I, of course, am in a coat and tie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look so, rather dapper today. Something and like that. just in case you go ahead and listen to the next two podcasts, we're I've got the same the... socks on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we're recording yeah. three at a time. Yeah. Hey, the next podcast, I, I don't know if it'll be in order, but it should. 2020, are you glad it's over? <laughs> That's going to be a good be one. Fun. All right, we'll see you guys on Later. the flip side.